Welcome to the Shabby and Man podcast. We are partners, parents, podcasters, broadcasters, and everything else in between. Namaskar, dosto. Is hamari chote se podcast ko itna pyar dene ke liye teh dil se shukriya. Aapke GCSEs Hindi mein ho gaye? Exam? You know, I no. It's just that once in a while you should always be grateful for all the love you get. And looking at our podcast figures, people have been very kind. Uh, so do you think that gratitude sounds better in Hindi? Is that what it is, or you just felt like speaking a bit of Hindi Urdu? I didn't want to say from the bottom of my heart in Hindi, oh. in case I said it the wrong way around. Oh, very funny. Uh, so what are we talking about? With so much has happened in the last two weeks. It's been a very busy two It's weeks. It's been a very hectic uh, two weeks, and the sun has been shining. Firstly, Britain has been uh, battling a heat wave. We never thought we'd say, "Oof, 33 degrees in this country," did we? No, it was thirty-three uh, degrees. Though to be fair, it was only for one day. Yeah, it's plummeted again. One day was enough. They, yeah, because this country is not geared for very hot. Hindi me kya kahenge pata hai? One day se hi nani yaad diladi. Oh, I was going to say pasina pasina chhod gaya. One bar pasina bhi enough hai. Pasina chhod gaya. Yes, you're right. So it's been uh, very very hot here, but of course that's not the reason why we're saying we've been busy. We're trying to keep cool, but there have been so many events. that the two of us have been a part of and they've been absolutely fantastic one sticks in my mind which, which only happened, one one certainly sticks in my mind which happened um, earlier this week hmm. which was uh, something to do with um, tv it's been a long time since i was filmed so it was quite exciting for me yeah thoda sa makeup lagana that was the exciting bit yeah uh so essentially we got asked to do a little celebrity sketch or celebrity q and a on colors tv for a new show that they're promoting and we thought it was quite funny because this is essentially what we do in the shavian man podcast we talk about our differences we celebrate our differences we talk about the things that annoy us uh, about each other primarily because we are from two different cultural backgrounds you're a punjabi you're a british asian punjabi i'm a bengali raised in uh, delhi Uh, it's, it's all about a culture clash. Yes. Why do you put that prefix British Asian Punjabi? Punjabi to Punjabi hote hain. Nahi Punjabi Punjabi hote hain but then you know they come from Britain or Canada? No, but you're not a Punjabi or from Chandigarh. I was just going to say you're not a Punjabi from the Pind. You're not. You are a Punjabi from this country. You're a Londoner masquerading as a Punjabi what when it you, suits you. What are you trying to say? Ki main tractor nahi chala sakta, main lassi nahi pe sakta? Nahi, wo bhi pe sakte hain aap. Lekin jab aapko matlab aapka Punjabi pana फूट फूट कर तब निकलता है जितनी बॉलीवुड के गानों में है उतना तो मुझे आता है मैं तेन समझावा की ना तेरे बिन लगता जी तू की जाने प्यार मेरा मैं करूं इंतजार तेरा तू दिल तू और जा मेरी मैं तेन समझावा ले पराजी भांजो जरा मेरी वोटी की गल सुन ले माय गॉड ये तो आप साल में दो बार बोलते होंगे मेरे ख्याल से और इसे 10 साल में दो बार नो मुझे मैं बंगाली भी आती है हां वो तो मुझे पता है बिल्कुल आमी जे तोमार शुदू जे तोमार भूल भलेया यू बीन वाचिंग या I can tell. I, I also learned a bit of Bangla from uh, Bollywood. Bollywood, yeah. So you know Bollywood Bangla ish, very pia, bada bada di me. Just that ish is supposed to be Bengali, and I've learned my Punjabi from Bollywood songs as well. How strange! Ish rhymes with fish. <laughs> It does. 
So um, that's what it was. We had to talk about our differences, how we met, what attracted us to each other, how a culture clash is something that... Sorry, there was a section on what attracted us to each other? I believe so. I must have missed we that. We must bit. have missed it, yes. But there was all, it was about... Though we did know, say, we did say a very nice story that when we first met... Yeah. For, for those that don't know that we uh, both auditioned for um, All India Radio at the same time. And I think they chose five of us. Mm. And I remember very clearly that you hated my guts. You know, I did. We, uh, I don't think we uh, had any attraction at all. Yes. For a year. That's true. That's very, very true. Um, so but what, later was it, we, what was it about me that you hated so much? No, I just felt that you were extremely was I, arrogant. Was I too, you know, oh, let's think about that S. Was I too stylish, suave, oh, sophisticated, please. serene, I thought you sexy. were extremely arrogant. There you were standing outside the, the studio, you know, puffing away on a Marlboro light, uh, talking about, oh, you know, in London, this, that. And oh, by the way, I know Nainital as well because I went there and Punjab and Delhi and this and that. I'd never seen a bigger show off. So um, that was that. But uh, who knew that one day, all the things that you mentioned on that day, the things that are all part and parcel of your personality. I wish, I could, say, I wish I could say the same for you, but I probably didn't recognize you in your goongat. Oh, please. Goongat, yeah, right. But anyway, so that is what the interview for Colors TV was about. It is about two people from two different cultural backgrounds getting married to each other, the challenges they face. And I personally feel that both of us are multicultural enough and we both come from families where other cousins and siblings are married to non-Punjabis, in my case, non-Bengalis, right? So we come from an Correct. extremely open-minded family. So for us, it was not so much, we were battling many, many things. It was not so much a Punjabi-Bengali thing. It was also me leaving India and coming and settling uh, down in London with you. So starting afresh in a way. And you were quite a nomad, is that the word, back then? You'd been back and forth, back and forth many times. Anyone who wants to uh, know the backstory, just scroll back to the top of the Shabby and Man podcast, right to the start, a few seasons ago. And over the years, we've told our story many, many times. So... Those were multiple challenges. But I think I, at the end of the day, I feel that when you're married to someone who's from a different cultural background, I personally feel it can only be a good thing because you learn things about them, about their culture, about yeah. their... Two for one. Two for one. You know, you, yeah. you, it, just, it can only be a good thing. That's right. Because I, I know, I mean, I don't speak Bangla. Mm -hmm. It's true. But I do understand it. Why? Jabam, look, Friday ago, when we're sitting in front of the telly trying to decide what to watch, you're the first one who says, Oh, let me see on Netflix which new Bengali movies we can watch. Now, you behave like you're a Bengali yourself. First huh? of all, I don't know whose accent you're doing, but I definitely don't speak like that. Yeah, well, whatever. That is my way of saying it's not me saying, but somebody else saying it. So that was that. What else was exciting about this week besides filming this? Actually, for those who uh, listen to this podcast in the UK, keep your eyes peeled. We are actually uh, going to be, this promo is going to be um, aired on Colors TV right, right across the day, I believe. To I promote think it's already been It's already probably already been aired. So it's a little snapshot of how we met, our differences, how we came together, what we think of two people from two different cultural backgrounds coming together and all the rest of it. What else? There's something a little bit more exciting. I oh, believe. something very exciting for you, wasn't it? For me. This week. Yeah. And that was... My now first I'm, time. Now, I'm into horse racing. Well, I was into horse racing many years ago. But I never really paid that much attention to Royal Ascot, hmm. which is a huge, huge deal. Because, yeah. you know, normally the Queen comes and it's, yeah. it's a big thing. Hmm. So you, why don't you explain the story? 
So I got invited to Royal Ascot this year on a Thursday, which is traditionally Ladies' Day. And this was for a reason, of course, because um, there's a doctor who had organized a charitable event in the sense that she had convinced more than a thousand women, not just of Asian descent, by the way, there were a lot of English women in saris as well, to turn up at Royal Ascot on Ladies' Day in saris. And this was because she was raising funds through her charity. She was raising funds to support the weavers, the craftsmen, the artisans in India who had a very hard time in the last two years where their, when their livelihood was taken away from them. Uh, I, have these, a lot of, I have a lot of designer friends. I know the amount of hard work, the, kari, the karigar because that goes into it. You know, karigari that mm. goes into it. And a proper traditional Indian sari is you know, all these nylon and chiffon and rayon and all the rest of it, all these synthetic fabrics are all manufactured in factories. That's not where the skill lies. It's all the hand-woven stuff, the silks, the banarasis, the cottons, the dhakai, the pochampalli, the ratnagiri, the muga um, silk, the dhakai, the baluchori, the kanjivaram. These are the saris. You know, the, the tie-and-dye jo bandhini. This is what is done, painstakingly done by hand. And, and they're all different regions. Other than in, Kanjivaram yeah. is obviously South, South Indian, Indian yeah. Tamil and, Nadu. And we've spoken about this. Bunarsi silk. Yeah, we've spoken about this so many times when you say, you know, you, you used to be a fashion writer not too long ago. You have many friends who are in the fashion world. And the fashion industry is structured in such a way that sadly, Sabisachi is the only one who comes to mind really, who really makes an effort to make sure that the money trickles all the way down to those who do the hard work. But otherwise, it's these people slaving away in their huts, doing back-breaking work for days and months and years. And they get a minuscule percentage of what the sari ultimately sells for. And um, I hate to say this, but having seen it mm. firsthand many years ago, yeah. some of the intricate work mm. cannot be done by... Um, Machines. El, no, elder people. It has to, it's oh. young, young kids with child labor. You're talking. Yeah, about. with oh, with sad. good eyesight. You know, yeah, which is sad. terrible. Because I do remember you mentioning this once that in your gown that you lived in in Delhi, uh, adjacent yeah. to very posh South Delhi neighborhoods, uh, you did say that there were many um, workshops there, and these people were actually they would have yards and yards of fabric that they were working on, and eventually these would be cut and made into extremely high end garments for these big names in Delhi. We're not going to name anyone here, but all the big names. And they're also going to big, big um, names across the world. Across the big world. shops, you know. Yeah. So this lady took it upon herself, because she's a bit of a sari connoisseur and she loves wearing saris. And she took it upon herself and she said that when we interviewed her, she said that, you know, it was only while in lockdown that I decided that when Ascot was coming back, it needed permission. You couldn't just turn up in a sari like that, right? Nothing stops you from. But for a thousand women, over a thousand women to be there in saris, to be photographed, to be covered by the press, you needed proper clearance. Royal Ascot has very strict rules anyway. Very strict rules. I don't, I don't think you're allowed day. to show your arms. Mm, you know, you were allowed to wear a uh, sleeveless blouse. But, you are. but uh, the closer you get to the royal enclosure, the more strict the dress code. Oh, becomes. I know. It's top hat and tails. Yeah. The more strict the dress code. And in fact, you were telling me that they made an exception this year because it was going to be 33 degrees the day after we went. For on that Friday. Friday they Just made for that Friday. Yeah. They said that men you know, weren't allowed to wear You're that. a sari expert, as you mentioned so many saris. Yeah. Explain a very simple thing to me. Mm. Is it sari, S-A-R-I, or is it sari, S-A-R-E-E? -E? It depends, really. How does your mum spell her name? Is it G-E-T-A -E or is it G-I-T-A? It depends, it depends on which way you want to spell it, right? So uh, both are correct. So I wore, so my sari dilemma actually arose five days before I was 
uh, I was supposed to be at Royal Ascot for Ladies Day, which is always a Thursday. I don't quite understand this dilemma. You have got suitcases full of sarees. No, you don't. Under- I don't expect you to understand. You're a man. It's not that you could just turn up in any saree. Though I have to say, there was a variety of sarees. You're, you're going to marrow that uh, Gangubai Kathewari coat. No, I will not marrow that line. Because he has heard it many times. One time, he heard it. That when, you know, in Gangubai, obviously later on, when she's sold off to the brothel and she kind of rises to become this big political figure. she masters the white saree and black bindi look that becomes her signature look and this very young tailor who is completely besotted with her and she also kind of entertains you know his company a little bit he's also the saree seller so he comes to her and, and actually he's already wide eyed and totally in love with her so he comes and this is the time when she only wears white so he's brought about 50 sarees that she's laid out on the floor and she says you know what you pick a saree for me and he's absolutely flummoxed he says saree is a saree ek safed saree is a safed saree what is the difference gangu koi bhi le lijiye aap which is where she says ki ha safed saree to hai magar kaun sa safed barf wala ya doodh wala badal wala ya chand wala moti wala ya sipi wala how beautiful ha huh? is it the white of a pearl or is it the white of a shell they both white but zameen aasman ka farak hai right so in my case it was not so much about the shade but it was about what do you wear to a classy occasion like royal ascot on the hottest day of the year so far it was 27 well if you're punjabi you wear your shadi outfit yeah well but i'm i'm quite sure that some people didn't get the memo because they must have put two and two together thinking oh sari mein jana hai oh there going to be horses i'm sure there's going to be a dulha somewhere let's put our shadi clothes on i'm sure some of them probably thought that So it was a bit of a dilemma, as you know. I'm a great fan of Mahanani Gayatri Devi, who was married to a polo player. She was she gave she's. We've had the privilege of seeing her a couple of times. Couple of times. Once in Jaipur, remember in Lambagh yeah. Palace. Yeah, which is her house. Which was her house, and mm-hmm. it was a hotel at the time as well. Yeah, and we saw her in London also. We saw her in London, and you have seen the Patodis multiple times in Delhi. You yeah. know, uh, Sharmila Tagore and Mansoor Ali Khan Patodi. They used to be uh, at the polo grounds all the time. And so it's not that it's a novelty in the sense that nobody's ever worn a sari from the 20s, 30s, 40s when all these maharanis would uh you know go to the races here in England because this is where they spent their summers let's face it. So the signature look is clearly Maharani Gayatri Devi that's imprinted on my mind where she's standing with Jackalope. You put a photo on Instagram didn't you of yes. uh, women wearing saris in 1947. 47 two women getty images ka tasveer hai wo two women who are walking down rather walking into royal ascot in saris in case anyone wants to see that photo it's at shabi sahi yeah on instagram and facebook and so the most the safest look and the classiest look on a hot summer's day would be a pastel chiffon sari with a small flowers or you know a floral delicate floral pattern and a string of pearls you know you can't go wrong with that but i didn't want to be safe and predictable, predictable. So time. I did uh, f- f- find a beautiful sari, a friend of mine actually. It is from her collection, and um, it is a tasar silk. Anyone who knows saris knows will know what I'm talking about. It's a tasar silk, but it's a muga tasar silk. And the difference is that there are silks and there are silks and there are silks. You know, kanjivaram is also silk, but it's very heavy, very rich. Kanjivaram. A kanjivaram sari can go up to fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand, up to a lakh, because sometimes the kanjivaram work is done in threads of real gold. So that is very dressy, and that's the other end of the spectrum, shadi spectrum. But a muga silk 
is the silk thread is naturally a honey toned thread and the beauty of the saree is that it's very light what is muga because uh, muga sounds like sprout being no, being sprout to me yeah muga is a place so the the silken threads the silk worms in a place called muga the oh. threads that they yield when they are woven into sarees this is one of the most expensive sarees by the way one of the most expensive silk sarees you can buy because the beauty is like i said it's very light i hope you very uh, easy to wear i hope you borrowed it only uh, and let's see we haven't decided on that yet very easy to wear but it looks so lush it is so rich and resplendent in my case i wore a saree which i i felt reflected an english garden in full bloom i had to give a nod to where i was i wasn't just wearing that saree to some exotic place in india it was in england it was in london it was in royal ascot not london windsor your photo has gone around the world actually it has i believe they've carried uh, photos of us in times of india in papers uh, in india naturally news uh, stories here in the uk papers here as well so i think i chose well at the end even after all the panic so that was good So that's who's sorry now. Yeah, that that's what it is. But it was a hot day. It was a beautiful day. Um thank you very much for that tip on that first race. Um I won a life-changing sum which I will not reveal here, which wasn't even enough to cover my cost of two pims at Royal Ascot, but I, otherwise other than that I had a beautiful day. Um for that yeah, but saying that, I remember when you came home. Hmm. You said, "Oh my god, my leg. You haven't won heels for Yeah, so yes. since the pandemic started. Since the pandemic, I live in my trainers. I live in my sketches. So and, wearing and wearing heels on the is it grass or is it soft? Mud? No, it is grass, but you're right, it's not like battable, is it? It's yeah, it's not like a level play level playing field. It's it's not a level field. It's up and down. And we had to do a lot of walking because we were being photographed, we were being interviewing, interviewed, we were interviewing guests. So there was a lot happening. We weren't just sitting around in one place and it was extremely hot. Uh so I uh, yeah, my feet work completely finished. So this year the queen didn't come but I saw the jeep taking a lovely photograph of the yes. royal procession. So Princess Anne. Princess Anne. Princess Anne game. And uh, you're right. In fact, you mentioned it to me for the first time that uh, one of the very popular bets on Lady's Day is on the color of Her Majesty's hat. They say if you can guess the color of Her Majesty's hat because Her Majesty that way is obviously, you know, she is the paragon of sartorial elegance for people of a certain age especially now she's and it's always aged. a secret here you know? she's aged very gracefully and they say that sometimes the, her hat is the exact same color as her dress but sometimes it's a contrast she might be wearing a powder pink suit uh you know dress a dress when she may be wearing it with a black hat black silken hat or a buttercup yellow it's just that because you're talking about sarees when mm. you say suit Hmm. I'm thinking of the butta in suit. No, when you say a suit, what it is called a a, a power suit, not a power suit, but yeah, you know when is. women wear a jacket and a skirt. Even that is a it suit, is, isn't it? Is, it? It is obviously it's a suit. Yeah. So um I think uh, Marlene Dietrich started the whole trend. Starting the trend what in her film noir. Yes, in film noir. Uh but so essentially ladies day is all about the fashion. because it is a day where women go all out to and we were all wearing it's not that we were just wearing fascinators women had really made an effort you know wearing fascinators many with their fans and some of them most of them i would say looked beautiful absolutely gorgeous those who you can see that they had painstakingly there was one lady there's in fact she's a listener she she found me with the she found out who i was and she came all the way looking for me and then she took a photograph and extremely elegantly dressed and i asked her i said i'm so impressed you know she was wearing a fuchsia sari which had a little bit of an orange uh, flower 
But that flower Sorry, was. Uh, you've lost me. Fuchsia. It's pink. Oh. And she. Oh, the color pink. Huh? And it had uh, an orange uh, flower in it, but a, a flower that was barely visible. So her fascinator was the color of that orange flower. So if you could yes. see it, if you could spot every time she walked when the sari moved, if you could spot the flower, then you would see that. Oh my goodness, the fascinator is the exact same color. So people had really made an effort. But nobody was wearing those massive fascinators. Those, those hats, were. you know. There were many people. So, you know, in fact, there was one image which, for me, summed up Ladies' Day this year. Sadly, I didn't have my phone with me then because I just nipped out to get a drink. I left my phone behind. Um, there was this English lady, and she was wearing a sari. And because it was so hot, she had pulled it up to her knees. You could see that she was wearing trainers underneath. She's sitting with a glass of pims in one hand and a cigarette in the other. That was absolutely that summed up the vibe on Ladies' Day at Royal Ascot this year. It was all about saris. It was all about supporting a charity. It was about enjoying the English sunshine. And I have to say, I thought you were making sound like cow pio majokaro. Nay, I have to say. Even though it was on, on in reality, it was extremely hot and humid, and many of us were like, like I said, hadn't worn heels for many many uh, months and years, so we were uncomfortable, and we couldn't. Uh, by the end of the evening, we couldn't wait to get out of no, the saris. No, but for photo, for the purpose of photography, I was, I was just trying to say that it that was glorious. There's one or two shots of loads of you, yeah, which looks absolutely beautiful. It's beautiful. It's like a drone has taken it. Yeah, and you can't go. I think it was an. It was a. It was. Um, not A and I, not PTI. What's the other one? Reuters. I think it was a Reuters uh, photographer because he had the biggest, widest lens. So he said, "I'm going to get all of you in one shot." It's beautiful, and I think that is the beauty of a sari. It is, it is a garment that, if you drape it well and if you carry it with confidence, it's not about your dress size. You can be thin, you can be plump, you can be overweight, as long as you have the confidence to drape it and you own that look. The vibe. You look gorgeous. Were there any men there in the uh, pajama kurtas? <laughs> they weren't. Shirwanis. No, they weren't. Thankfully, because then it would have been a proper shadi. Then it would have been South Hall Mela, not Royal Ascot. But uh, no, there were no men in there. But there were loads of Englishmen, obviously, very smartly dressed, and um, they were very impressed. So you enjoyed yourself. I enjoyed myself. Some of them might have thought that a coach full of women had been offloaded at the wrong venue. They were heading for a wedding. <laughs> like Bhaji on the beach. Bhaji on the beach. But it was great fun. I think uh, that's about it. So two big events. We absolutely no, many many other things happened this week as well. Like I, I went to see Sean huh. um, uh, yesterday. Musu Musu Hasi. Yeah, I I didn't realize that uh, the biggest cheer was for Zubanallah. Um, Sifarish. Jan Sifarish from Fana. Hmm. See, we get these invites, and because I see them often enough, I play their songs often enough. I somehow feel that it's the last thing I want to do unless it's something really. An artist who I haven't seen no, no, but, before, uh, but that's you not did my, say no. The Shan thing is not my story. Hmm. The story is that the venue it is being held at the same time, hmm. Queen were playing as well in the same venue. Hmm. I mean, there's two venues in that building. Yeah. So uh, it was just a massive crowd. It took like 15 minutes to get out of there hmm. into the tube station. Hmm. So the whole world had turned up to see um, Queen, Brian May, and uh, hmm. who's the guy who sings now? Adam Adam Lambert, I think. Ah, yeah, ah. he's. He's, he's taken over from, from Freddie Mercury. They had a lot of people do it. Hmm. They had Mick Hucknall do it for a bit. Hmm. So now it's Adam Lambert. That was quite um, fantastic. There's something nice. else I wanted to talk about, but I think it, this has become too long already, which is the Ray retrospective. Satyajit Ray's. It was his. You know, I didn't know whether the word was. I always said centenary. Then I heard someone say centenary, and then I realized that it's the American and the English way of saying 
words. They're both correct. So it was Satyajit Ray's centenary last year, but thanks to COVID, obviously, there were no events. I actually knew that he's born in um, 1921. 1921, absolutely. So this year at the BFI, they are showing every single film and documentary that Satyajit Ray ever made. So for a Ray fan, for a movie fan, for someone who want to, wants to know what the fuss is all about, why he was looked at as one of these geniuses in world cinema, you know, when he when India wouldn't give him the time of day in the 40s, 50s, France was like looking up to him as the king of that kind of gritty, what we now call slice of life cinema. Satyajit Ray was the one who started it. You know, he talked about the Apu trilogy, much talked about Apu trilogy, which is about the famine in Bengal. I felt it was an extremely depressing film, but I think I saw it when I was too young. You know, that movie mm. gets always mentioned in the top 10 movies of yes. all time. You know, if you've got Citizen Kane and all that, you've always got a Satyajit Ray. Usually it's one, one of the Apu trilogy. Apu trilogy yeah. I think there's two or three movies. So it's about the same guy, Opus Shamshar. Same guy, uh, Shemla Tagore and Somita Chatterjee, and it's three phases in their life. So you see how this love story actually develops as the two protagonists grow older. Can I tell you um, my little Satyajit Ray story? Yes, of course you may. So um, when he passed away in the early 90s, I think, yeah. I happened to be in Bombay at the time, mm. Mumbai. And my friend, uh, someone was working at Indian Express, mm. and th that day they were doing a tribute to him. Mm. He just died that same day. So I also went along, yeah. And um, M. F. Hussain, who's uh, who's also now passed away, mm. the world famous painter, one of the greatest Indian artists at least. Mm. So he was standing there, and he drew very artistic. It made no sense to me. I was quite young at the time. Yeah, well, oh, you mean it would have made sense to you now? No, uh, not that yet. But mm. it was like a wavy, straight line kind of thing he did, mm. and that was it. Yeah. You know, with a lot of bazi and flourish and uh, you know, a lot of clapping and uh, and he drew a kind of line and that was his tribute to such a history and I thought wow. See that's the thing about modern art. You never know if somebody is just taking no, no, a no, or I mean, it genuinely. No, but he is. Uh, so I mean, him you can't argue with because he has a body of work that people around yeah, the world love. Yeah, no I'm talking about MF Hussain. I'm talking well. about MF Hussain as well. You know, if you go to the Moria Hotel it's his yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. tapestry kind of thing all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, freeze or whatever it is. There was a very famous restaurant in Mumbai, Bombay then, which was a celebrity hotspot where all your Bollywood stars and all the industrious wives would hang out. But Mishwar Godridge, who was Mrs. Godridge, a, a big socialite herself, uh, she had done the interiors and it was it had the murals, is what you call them, right? So yeah, MF Hussain had done the murals oh. from like they were like from. Floor to ceiling murals all across. That that was my first introduction to MFC. I thought you'll talk about the famous Cafe Mondegar. No, not Mondegar, no. For that is uh, Mario Miranda. Yes, Mario Miranda, completely different style. But um, I completely forget where we would completely digress. But uh, that's what this podcast is all about. When we start, we have no idea where we're going to end. But I think end we must. So you're saying bye bye, Bolo. Until next time, you Hindi in Hindi or Angrezi in Hindi? You say it in Hindi today. Um, until next time, हमारे podcast को follow करते रहिए, अपने दोस्तों को बताइए इसके बारे में। याद रखिए हम social media पर हैं। तो अगर आप हमें कुछ कहना चाहते हैं, आप जानते हैं मत। आप जानते नहीं होंगे, पर हम हैं। बिल्कुल। तो हमें ढूंढिए अपने socials पर। Shabhi and Man podcast हमारा social media का handle है, या तो फिर you can go and look up Man Sahi, Manish Sahi, or me, Shabhi Sahi। और सुनने के लिए, अपना कीमती वक्त हमारे तहे दिल से शुक्रिया धन्यवाद बाय बाय